0: This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join our guests for Friday. It's Trader Nick in the United States and Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, Johnny. Let's start with those UK retail sales that we got this morning, Craig, and they were actually quite a surprise. Sales had been forecast to grow in October but actually they fell by 0.3% and that is the lowest level since Feb 21 when large parts of the UK were in Covid lockdown. So even more indication perhaps the economy is obviously suffering at the moment possibly because of those rate rises.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, there's, as always, there's multiple facets to this, one of which is the cost of living crisis, and it's clearly taking its toll. And I do think there's a pre-Christmas element of this. People know that it's an expensive time of year, so are they tightening the purse strings in the months leading up to it in order to enable themselves to still have a, a nice Christmas? We'll have to wait and see what the November, December numbers look like. I think the other thing that we can't ignore is the weather. I don't know what it's been like throughout the UK, but From here in London, I feel like it hasn't not rained for two months. It's been the wettest couple of months that I can remember in a very long time. And that's actually backed up by the Met Office statistics. They say that 172 millimetres of rain fell in October, which is above the average of 115. So, I mean, that's quite... a substantial increase in rainfall in the month and when you're talking about retail sales people going out to the shops and buying clothing and other items the weather does play a role in whether you will choose to do that or not especially if it's like non-essential goods right so i think that's probably had a massive role to play which is the reason why we all know the weather's been terrible, I'm kind of surprised that expectations for retail sales were as high as they were. That's almost the most surprising element of this, rather than the idea that wet weather actually stopped people spending, combined, like I say, with the cost of living crisis, time of year, et cetera. I think this is partly a sign of where we are with the economy and also partly a sign things like weather does play a massive role. Whether that will continue uh, is going to be the interesting thing because I do think the economy is slowing down. I do think people are being more selective with the spending. I think that's actually been the case throughout most of the year. People have been spending on holidays uh, and travel and experiences and less so on non-essential goods. So I think that we're probably seeing a continuation of that trend, but maybe the the kind of savings are being gradually worn down uh, over time. Uh, And I think that From the third of the year, I think we are going to see that take its toll. The counter argument, I guess, to that is we've now got real wage growth for the first time in in a couple of years because inflation is now running below the average hourly earnings, which we saw earlier this week. But I guess my counter to that again would be let's see what those wage figures do over the next six months because I'd be amazed if we have wage figures six months from now, anything close to resembling what we're currently seeing printed so i think there's going to be different things that contribute to this and so i'm still of the view that the economy is slowing i I am of the view that this is partly a reflection of that and i think the start of next year is going to be difficult
2: to stay consistent with craig's idea of economic slowing there is definitely no Shortage in that. Uh, Again, we saw inflation uh, this week, which was kind of the big story, you know, for markets. We saw a lot of people very much excited about the idea that perhaps there is some victory on the inflation side. That does contribute in some ways to economic indicators because now we've made mention to this in past episodes. Craig and I were discussing perhaps we are now turning back to, in some ways, back to kind of a longer-term normalcy where. Bad news is, in fact, bad news. For a while, we've been living in this environment in markets where bad news in the economic uh, readings were actually good news because it meant the Fed was gonna see what it wanted to see and would need to rate hike less or perhaps just keep rates steady. We're starting to see that uh, not just in the uk as as craig alluded to but also in the us we've been seeing meaningful slowdown jobs numbers have started to show cooling which of course is a, a major contributor to uh inflation and and to the underlying economy the consumer if they're employed they generally are spending and so we talked briefly in terms of notes for this show we were just talking about how important perhaps the new discussion is when it comes to markets, and that is how much slowdown is there going to be? And that's, I think the next battleground for bulls and bears. I've made that point a couple of times in the podcast. As we go into next week, we get meeting minutes. And I think what you're likely to start seeing is the Fed sticking with its new plan of staying with rates. And they're going to probably push as they have been on higher for longer, but there are meaningful uh, numbers that have come in and, and shown slowing. And also, um, you know, the Fed, I think is, has taken a step down from trying to be so proactive. There's this idea that you know back in 2020, the Fed made a mistake and Jerome Powell even pretty much acknowledged this, the whole inflation is transitory thing. That was a lot of the Fed trying to be very proactive and in recent, more recent times, we've seen the Fed trying to be more data dependent. That's what they keep saying. That's another word for saying reactive, reactive to the numbers, reactive to what's coming. So as we come into the meeting minutes and you take a look at the numbers, I think we have a better understanding of what the Fed is likely to think and say. Of course, they can always surprise you and they can always kind of talk down too much risk on appetite like we've seen this week. It will be interesting to see if there's any pushback on that as we've made points to. Markets are a little bit quiet here today, but this week has been explosive for risk on assets. You've seen S&P rally, you've seen NASDAQ rally. You've seen the Russell participate, which has been a rare thing in the last few years. The Russell's been horrible. So these are small cap stocks participating in the rally, regional banks. You look at all these things, and I think there is a genuine turn of the page in some ways. Is it a brand new bull market? Well, that's where the debate lies. But I think at least what is very confidently behind us is this idea of just unending rate hikes. I think we've got that behind us securely. Craig, what do you think? I know it's it's an impossible question because nobody is going to get recession or no recession 100% confidently correct. But where do you lean on that side? Do you think as we go into 2024, we are seeing slowing. Do you think recession is still on the table or do you think recession is way too hard to predict? And right now, soft landing mantra just seems to be the path of least resistance. What do you think?
1: I actually think uh, we need to change our thinking. And I don't mean that just being us uh, here on the podcast. I mean, collectively, in the markets and in the economy as well. I think we need to change our thinking around recession or no recession instead. Consider it a bad recession or a soft landing, which may include a mild recession, because a very mild recession and no recession and mild growth are all basically the same thing. There's a bad recession, which people feel the impact of, with high unemployment, lower incomes, weaker spending, businesses going bust, all of these normal things which you get in a recession. And then there's the kind of 0.1% recession, which we've talked about so often in the past. And I consider a mild recession to be in the soft landing scenario, because I guess if you said two years ago, central bank Banks are going to raise interest rates by five percent in the next eighteen months. What do you think is going to happen? I think most people would have said we're going to see a pretty bad recession. I don't think uh, companies, households, and businesses are prepared for that. And I, I don't. I think we've had fifteen years almost of zero interest rates. That just seems like a terrible cocktail. And instead, we've seen quite a lot of resilience. And so, therefore, I, I still put mild recession into the kind of soft landing category. And I think that's what you're seeing for markets right now. I think the obsession between recession and not recession is primarily taking place among people like ourselves and, uh, and other commentators in the industry and the news channels, because obviously that's the source of debate. Are we going to see it tip one way or the other? And I think it's probably because most people don't think we're going to see a bad recession and therefore it's almost not a talking point and we need talking points. Uh, but from a market's perspective, I think they're thinking way beyond this. They're thinking, are we going to see a soft landing? Yeah. Therefore, this could be a, a potentially good moment. And that's why we've seen Such a phenomenal few weeks, particularly in the US, but also actually Europe. I'm looking at the IBEX right now, and you can see that it's gone from around 8,900 through to 9,000, close to 9,800. So we're seeing uh, phenomenal rises in the course of a very short period of time. And like I said, I think that's because investors, markets are not thinking recession or no recession. They're thinking soft landing or a bad recession, and they're currently in the bracket of soft landing.
0: And is that resilience that you mentioned, Craig, is that a lot to do with the fact that people had savings they made during the coronavirus pandemic and there was that spare cash around which has kept economies going?
1: I would say there's there's no way to ever know it for sure, but I think it's probably... Quite a strong possibility. The fact that people continue to spend while they had negative real incomes and sometimes very negative real incomes. If you've got inflation at 10% and you've got wage growth and say 5%, 4%, then that, that's a massive shock to your disposable income. And therefore, in ordinary times, you'd expect, therefore, people to rein in spending and you would expect um, quite a bad recession. Uh, but we haven't seen that this time around. But when you've got that additional buffer, because you've got more savings than you would normally have, and therefore you're still willing to spend, uh, then yeah, you you can um, you can understand the case for saying that that is why we've seen much more resilience. And when you look at it in the US, pandemic savings amounted, uh, excess savings um, amounted to more than $2 trillion, if I'm not mistaken. And even now, I think it's down to around seven or 800 billion. So we're still talking about a sizable chunk of pandemic savings that still exist. The difference that we have now compared to a few years ago, or compared to 12, 18 months ago, is that when you spread that across the income spectrum, there's probably a high likelihood that most of that then sits with the kind of top 5%, shall we say, maybe top 10%, just based on how income distributions do go. And you can't imagine that the bottom 30%, for example, have that much pandemic savings left over, if any, and they're the ones with the higher propensity to spend. So, from that perspective, I think we will see a big knock on effect going forward as a result of those pandemic savings for those who would have spent it being whittled away. The benefit that we now have is that income growth and inflation are now more aligned. But again, how much of a top has the last two years taken on people's real incomes
0: okay um let's talk oil now yesterday we saw very big falls indeed but uh, a pretty good recovery today um oil up three percent what is going on nick so yeah i think overall the story with oil is concerns around the
2: overall demand globally and you combine that with supply i mean this this move to the downside overall Seems pretty justified, in in my opinion, compared to where we sat, you know, several months back where the economy just showed no signs of slowing uh, that changing narrative. So, again, this bounce, it is perhaps just a bounce. Uh, I don't have a huge insightful reason for why this bounce. Uh, To my surprise, that's a pretty good sized bounce considering everything, but perhaps just a little bit of normal market volatility and some questions on the table as we get closer to that meeting minutes next week for you know, is the Fed really going, uh, are they really, really, truly satisfied? Are they going to kind of talk down some of the risk-on moves that we've seen? So it'll be interesting to see on that front.
0: Okay, guys. Well, of course, we will speak again uh, next week. Have very good weekends and uh, speak to you soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Johnny. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.